127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry 127 at FBC Bryan. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, 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 yo. That was super loud. What it do, podcast crew? <laughs> Everybody's mic involved with that scream. That, that one scared me right there. People, people in the auditorium just went, huh? What? Yo, yo, who? Yo, yo, who? Yo, yo. He even scared that stupid bunny behind us. <laughs> Wait, hey, let's name it. Come up with a name for the bunny. Dude, Jeff is the most classic name ever. <laughs> I still think that, yes. When think, did we order this, by the way? I didn't order it. I was at Sam's. Oh. Uh, picking up something for something. Super Bowl, who knows? Something's for something. And we, we talked about for the the unknown world of uh, what happens in the podcast studio, there's a big shelf that's behind me. Yeah. T is opposite the table for me, so he looks... If he's looking at me, he also can see the shelf. And he's it, usually looking at me, though. So. He is looking. It's right as next, everyone should be. It's right next to your head, too. Yeah. And so, anyway, we are dis- we decided to put random Legos Knick-knacks, or other trophies. things on there. The trophies are on there, different things on the shelf. And I found at Sam's this three-in-one Lego creation thing that was, it could be a seal. Uh, I think oh, like, really? Like, the, a, like the, a chicken or something? No, it was that bird from Rio, bro. Yeah, the okay. white bird. So the, the white bird, guy. a seal, and it could be a, a rabbit. And it's Easter. And so it's like, I'm going to build this rabbit. But as Ooh. we were building it, the rabbit began to look real kind of evil when you look at <laughs> it. I didn't even really look at it. It's a scary it's, looking. It's creepy looking. It's yeah. literally in my, like, if I'm looking at John, it's right next to him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't we'll, like it. We'll have to throw a picture of it out so people know what it is. Yeah. That's our rabbit. So we're naming him? Apparently his name is Jeff. Jeff? <laughs> That's uh, basic name. Yeah, they're like, mm. what's a serial killer name? Oh. Jeffrey. That's Jeffrey. Jeffrey. <laughs> Charles. <laughs> Charles the rabbit. I'm calling him Judas. Judas the rabbit. It could be Judas. That's We're calling him Judas because he's creepy. Creepy. I, I, I'm down. Oh, Judas works. All in favor? I like it. Hey, it was. We did this earlier. No, we voted on something else. But that's three. You didn't see it, but we all three raised our hands. We all did. Judas the rabbit. Judas. My boy. If we if we switch it to a seal, which needs to happen after Easter, so we don't have to look at it anymore. Uh, does he get a new name? What's the... Does what's it go from like Paul to Saul or Saul to Paul? What? Um, like a he, transformation? He, he didn't get a new name. That was just his Greek and Hebrew names. But oh, yeah. What's a good seal name? Who's the American sniper, dude? Chris? Chris Kyle. Chris. Chris. Chris, <laughs> Chris from Judas seal. to Chris. <laughs> Chris the seal. I think it's got to be an I S, like though. It. I see what you did there. That was it's good. Be an that S. was good. Thank you. That was that was a fantastic transition. Sam, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he transitioned to. He did it. He just, he Speaking of Chris, I know Chris really well, man. <laughs> me and Chris go way back. Chris and me meet a lot, dude. You I got his, I got Chris's back. You got his bag. His back, not his bag. You got his six. <laughs> <laughs> He's so excited when he said that to me. You got his six. His eyes got all big. Hey, that's that's good. You know why? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do know why. This in is fact. like the best, probably the best part of the podcast for me, to be honest. Because why? Transitions. Because Tell of, me, mm-hmm. do I need to have Chris's six? Because we're talking about accountability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was just complete silence. Hmm. Speaking of six, <laughs> we're talking about accountability. <laughs> Six. I got your six, but we're also been walking through a series. Oh, that was that was pretty good. That was that was really good. Was good. What's yeah, the series? Dude, I'll give you knuckles for that. 
I don't know. You tell me. You, you said we've been walking through a series and you stopped. Yeah. We've been walking through a really, uh, are you good? My back itches, man. I, did you just itch it with a chair? Yeah. You're like a bear. I'm like a bear, man. <laughs> okay. You ever, you ever itch your back on a, the corner of a door? Like the, the door yes. frame? Oh, I can't say how. Change your life. I get like the, you know, like the, the test they had to do. I get all the way up here. There you go. Just like that door frame got my back. You can. You got my six. My shoulder don't work. Accountability. My guy. <laughs> yeah, we've been walking through. Um, I mean, you've probably seen it on our Spotify. It, it was a glaring title for those who clicked on it. Sex and dating. Mm-hmm. We did for week one this past Sunday. Week two this upcoming Sunday. And it's in the midst of the week after Valentine's Day. So it's just, it's been a, is the week also after Jim talked about um the landmine of of lust so it's all yeah. kind of falling in a in an interesting season for us unplanned but it until the lord works sometimes he do what he do um and so we thought it was a good time to hit on accountability the importance of it and and what it truly is so kick us off you know how we usually do bring the noise webster webster you <laughs> big dork accountability what is true accountability Mr. i wish i had Timothy i wish i had Taylor. ian's like voice and so every time i read the definition it was just like accountability accountability but you just can't touch accountability true accountability definition yes. of accountability is the acceptance or responsibility for one's own actions and applies a willingness to be transparent allowing others to observe and evaluate one's performance or actions Ooh, performance transparent yeah. And that's what that's what Webster said. I should pull okay. up Webster's definition so when he reads it, I, I pay a little bit better attention. I, know. I just grab one word. Yeah, sometimes I, I clock out. What, what would you say your definition of accountability is, T? Mm. <laughs> that's it. If mm. I'm looking at that definition, I think the like responsibility for one's own action, but it implies a willingness to be transparent, and I would add like two others in there. Okay. Yeah. What's like, but I don't, sorry, I, guess no. I don't think, I think this definition, I think the de- definition, like worldly accountability, it means you taking accountability for yourself, but it doesn't talk about the other side, which I think scripture does. Yeah. So, so then what would, what would biblical accountability kind of look like if there was, there was a working definition for, for that? I, mean, I don't want to oversimplify, but I think we can. Um, accountability in the Bible is to give an account for, um, and so uh, Hebrews Hebrews 4, uh, Hebrews 4, 13, no creature is hidden from him, but all things are naked and exposed uh, before the eyes of him who, uh, of him who must give an account. Um, and, and so we can, uh, of him to whom we must give an account. And so you have this combination of theologically what Jesus accomplished on the cross um, allows him to be accountable to the father on our behalf because he, he bore our sins. He, he took care of all of that. And so that can be our first level of accountability is we have a right relationship of God because, with God because Jesus is accountable for us. The second layer of that, though, is um, that we don't live in secret, um, in, again, in a theological sense. So biblically, uh, God sees everything. And as much as we may uh, not clearly understand what judgment is, um, Romans fourteen twelve. We are going to give an account. Matthew twelve thirty six. I'll tell you on that day you will give an account. Um, and I can we can go round and round about that in a different uh, in a different way if you want to. But there's a level built into into the Bible that you have to give an account for your actions. And so accountability is for me to to have a brother or a sister or more that I'm close with that I can give an account for myself too. Mm-hmm. And they have a commitment to hear yeah. and better. <laughs> 
uh, work, work with me to where I, my account continually, continually gets better, not worse. Yeah. yeah. That's good. So I think like this, <clears throat> this episode specifically, we're going to be focusing on the brother, sister accountability. Um, so what would y'all say is the purpose, like the primary purpose of being in some sort of accountability with your brothers and or sisters in Christ? I'm going to make it on soapbox real quick, but I was talking to one of our college guys the other day. I was like, I think, I think one of my biggest issues with accountability and the way that we see it is that people treat it more reactive than proactive. And that really, really bothers me. Mm. Um, and not that it's a bad thing, not that if, Hey, you've messed up and you need help that you shouldn't go, um, and get accountability and find accountability. But I think too often we wait till something happens. We wait till we fall into sin. We wait till we get into an addiction, whatever it is. And then we're like, okay, now we need accountability. And I think we have that so backwards as I think accountability in itself should be proactive so that you can avoid it. But then when it does happen, then you're, you're still there as you were there ahead of time. And so I think what brothers and sisters is like, you have that so you can better your, not, not better yourself, but live about a way that's going to be more, I mean, it's going to, you're going to glorify God in more ways. And so you're there, they're there to hold you accountable for the things you do, because if you're doing it by yourself, I mean, I look at his second Samuel 11, where, where David, I mean, he has, he has no accountability in his life and no one's speaking into that. And what happens? Well, it's like one of the few things that like, yes, he's known after a guy, after the man, after God's own heart. But when you think of David, you think of what sin? Bathsheba. And it's in that time that he has zero accountability speaking to his life. And it's even to this body, this guy that is like, we look up to and you're like, man, this is a guy after his own heart with no accountability. He falls into sin. And for us is if he would have had that ahead of time rather than after, I think he could have avoided that because he had speaking into him for us is like, find that accountability, find those people that are going to speak life into you and challenge you is like, for John is like, he, he's held accountability, um, held accountable by someone like me who I see him a lot. And Jim, who's our head pastor for his teaching and the way he leads this so that John can be held accountable for how he's leading 127. And there's so many other examples, but I think that's my, my biggest issue. And then I'm going to stop is I think people treat it as reactive rather than proactive. And I think that's completely wrong. Um, I think it should be a thing you're doing ahead of time. And when you're doing it ahead of time, I think it's going to set yourself up for more for success. And what I mean by success is I think you're going to live a life full of joy and hope and peace. Not that you can't, that if you don't mess up, but I think you're going to set yourself up for success um, as far as falling into sin and temptation goes. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think before we continue like down this, this train of the importance of accountability, um, I think a lot of, especially I think new believers throw around term community accountability. And I think sometimes they go interchangeably. Can y'all like sort of define, is there overlap there? Is there a distinct difference between the two? And um, what does that look like? Yeah. I, I mean, there, I think there has to be overlap, um, in that because, uh, outside of relationship, you can't be accountable um, yeah. to people. I, I would say that, I mean, that's the, the side of the personal relationship that I have with Jesus that helps with that accountability. And so within community, you can be known. Um, I would say that that's probably surface level because the flip side of that, that there are, there's, there's plenty of relationships out there. There's tons of relationships that just don't have the component of accountability. Um, even so within the church and, and even so probably within our zoomed in context, um, in Brown college station and, and how church is done and how community yeah. is done. Um, like it's easy to be known as a Christian, um, in this space and to not walk in accountability. And so, so I think that, yes, it, it, it will find fruit. It will grow in community. 
Um, but that does not necessarily mean that you're living in accountability. So there is a clear difference between the two. That's the first part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I was, if I look at it and I'm thinking back to times, I think that the way I would go about it is I think community can be like a very, very good byproduct. Sorry. Accountability is a very good byproduct of community is every, every time is like even thinking back to times like here at church and other places is when we've tried to force people into accountability, it very, very rarely works Yeah, because there's no community and relationship beforehand. And when you force that accountability on them, it like normally falls apart after like two, three weeks, not because they don't like each other. It's just because there's no friendship and community there. But the accountability that I've seen has worked. It's when people are living in community, living closely with one another. And they're like, man, like I love you. Hey, I see you have the struggle. I have the struggle, whether it's a shared struggle or not. Um, but it's because of their love for one another and the time they're spending together is that like accountability, typically the accountability that I've seen that works comes from community. And so you're looking in this community, you're living in this community, you're like, hey, I need something not just as like surface level community where we're at Bible study on Thursday or whatever it is, but now I need something more. So let's meet on Tuesday morning at 830 over coffee and like let's dive into holding each other accountable, whether it's a sin struggle or whatever. Um, but so I think I think accountability is a very beautiful byproduct of the community. Um, just because I've seen the forced accountability, it typically doesn't work. But I think yeah. community itself, very, very important. And I think accountability is one of the, the more beautiful things that can be made from community. Yeah. So how does someone step in from like the community aspect of it? Like they know people um, and they have great friendships. How does one step in from that into an accountability? Is it just like a simple conversation? Should be Should we be like sharing our struggles within the community to then like find a common struggle to form an account? Mm-hmm. Like how does that change happen from community into accountability? Yeah, I, I would be real careful to zoom in on um, <clears throat> common struggle specifics. I, I think relationships are important. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to have to like the person yeah, um, yeah. that I have to trust the person. Like there, there's some things that, that accountability and, and we'll probably get into this a little bit that a relationship where someone's holding me accountable or I, th- that works both ways. Um, there's some things that just have to be built. The first thing that I would look for, though, like the standard that that we're going to function underneath when we move from community to accountability is really God's word. Um, that's going to be the thing that's going to uh-huh. draw the line for me. If if this brother, I'm going to say that for my accountable accountability relationships, um, I mean, my wife does that and even our family is going to lean in because they know me really well. But but in a college context and what works for me, if, if there's a guy that I um, I'm going to pour into and is pouring into me in this type of relationship, the standard that we're going to function in really is God's word. Um, and, and because the world can, um, even the Christian bubble can define what accountability looks like and, and transparency for our church. Like this has been super difficult. And I think it's difficult for all churches. I've been working in churches for a long time and it's real hard for us to get accountability, right? Mm -hmm. I say that. Um, and so the model is challenging, um, getting people to, to engage in it is challenging. And if we could just find a space to rest that is just like, here's the standard. We're going to function according to God's word. We're going to hold each other accountable to that. Um, no matter what your struggle is, we may have common struggle. They may be pretty different, but we're going to let God's word determine what we're being held accountable to. And, and this is Romans chapter two. I'm going to read this and, and who knows what this is going to do. Um, but this is the Jew Gentile thing in verse 11. There's no favoritism with God. Verse 12, for all who sin without the law will also perish without the law, and all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For the hearers of the law are not righteous before God, but the doers of the law will be justified. So when Gentiles who do not by nature have the law do what the law demands, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, 
their consciences confirm this, their competing thoughts either accuse or even excuse them on the day when God judges what people have kept secret according to my gospel through Christ Jesus. And so like he's, he's stating that, that you have a conscience, the law has been written on your heart, you are without excuse, but also like you function, your level of functioning is God's word. Now yeah. he's bringing some Old Testament language and stuff into it, but this is what he's saying. Like, like uh, why we do what we do should be measured by God's standard. Um, it's what we did with the sex and dating thing. Like I started, the only way you're going to get this right is if yeah. you allow God to define it, mm-hmm. not culture. Yeah. And we're going to go against that this week. If culture defines your idea of, of sex or of dating or of marriage, then, then it's probably going to fail. There's some of you that are going to overachieve yeah. and defy the odds, but it's probably going to. So accountability has to function in that same way. Yeah. So do you think that every single believer should be falling into that space of accountability at, I, I feel like at any point in their walk with Christ, do you think that's, that's what we should be striving for? Or do you think there's some people that are just like, man, I got this. I'm good. <laughs> no, you don't. Um, I, I, I just talked about it. It was David, like one of the, the guys that you look at, I mean, man after God's own heart and said it once and we'll, you'll continue to hear that if you're in church, he messed up when he wasn't in, in being held accountable, accountable for his actions. And so I don't care who you are, or what you do is you look at some of the, the, these top pastors and I say top pastors of these mega churches, big churches, whatever you want to call them is like, they, the, the churches at work are typically when the pastors are held accountable mm-hmm. is all these churches that fall apart. And you see these documentaries and whatnot about their, their, um, them basically dwindling away and no longer it's because the the pastor, the people in charge aren't held accountable. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you at our church, if Jim was not held accountable for like who he is and what he does is this church would not function the way it does. And we would not see the growth that we're seeing right now. And, and it's because I think because he has a people, a group of people around him that he found a community and now they're holding him accountable for his actions, what he teach, what he says, how he goes about it, his relationship with his wife and his kids and all these things that he's able to lead in a very healthy and godly way. And so I don't care who you are or what you do, your occupation, whether you're a head pastor, a teacher or janitor, it isn't, I don't care what your occupation is. I think if you're a Christian and you're seeking to glorify and honor the Lord to the best way of your ability, I think you're going to need to live in accountability. Yeah, that's good. Um, so I think T especially you've hit on like the, the negative effects of not being in an accountability group. Um, and there's maybe some people listening who have never found themselves in that space of being in an accountability group or have, and have still like struggled. Um, so I kind of want to ask this question of like, what are, what are the effects of being in accountability group? Um, because I think, I don't know, I, I know like there are some people and I've probably fallen into this category too, of like getting frustrated when like you fall or you find yourself in an accountability group and, and it seems like nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah. what can we give some like encouragement of like, what are some of the positive effects of being in an accountability group or partner? Um, the stare. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of, I had Titus two in, in mind when I was thinking about this or what it, what it means for the, the, the context taught us too is like older, older people model this to younger people. And, um, th- in a form that's, that's kind of accountability. You can bring discipleship into that. And we've at, at our church, we've kind of blurred the lines a little bit of discipleship and accountability and really skipping a step. Yeah. Like if, like we're going to hold you accountable to discipleship mm. <laughs> more than yeah. like, let's make discipleship a step to accountability. Um, because the, I mean, the, the great commission is like, go yeah. <laughs> baptize, make disciples, um, teach them everything. And so there's an accountability 
that is a blanket over that entire statement that's wrapped up in discipleship. And, and so as, as older people in Titus 2 are called to live this out, uh, verse 6 says that you will teach them to be self-controlled. And, and even just that, like that's one statement that's wrapped up in there. Um, there's pure life. There's some other things, but even just teaching them to be self-controlled, like that's gigantic. If, yeah, if I yeah. could teach every college guy <laughs> yeah. to be self-controlled, man, like what, what would that, what would that look like? And so, so the, the benefit of accountability, even in the form of discipleship, that's one of those, um, as people live this out in front of you, model it in front of you, encourage you to do that. It's good works. It's being self-controlled, it's learning. I think uh, verse seven goes on and everything, make yourself an example of good works with integrity and dignity in your teaching. All of these attributes begin to rise up. But the, the one that sticks out to me really is that idea of being self-controlled. That's, please do that. Yeah. Yeah, I, with, with friends who have, who have gone about it and like getting to, gets to hear some really, really cool stories of just like thinking back on it, is every guy I've talked to um, about that has overcome a, a certain sin struggle, whatever it may be, never, never once has, have they been like, yeah, you know, like I, I realized I was, I was living in sin in this moment. And now I was like, okay, I'm gonna read my Bible more. I'm gonna spend more time with God. And now I've never struggled again. I've never met anybody yeah. who was like deeply in a, like so deep in a sin struggle that they were just like, I got this by myself. Every guy that I've seen overcome a sin struggle doesn't mean they don't like, it doesn't tempt them now, but to, to be able to fight and overcome that has been out of accountability. And so the positives is like thinking back on my life and hearing these stories and stuff like that is the, you just get so much life from being in accountability, yeah. um, whether it's with one person or two people or whatever it is. And so I think like the getting to see the positives of it is just so much better um, yeah. than like living in the negative. And I think we go, we look at the negative a lot here, not in a bad way of just, it's easier to see things from the negative for us sometimes mm -hmm. um, as humans, but like the, the positives of accountability is like mm -hmm. the, how life giving it is to do that. And so like, even me now is like with, with past sin struggles is like, it, it, they're not very much of a, it's not a big temptation now, but to still being, being held accountable and like knowing that someone's there for me, if it were to like, I were to slip up or mess up or whatever mm -hmm. is so encouraging to me to know that I have a, I have people that love me and support me. Um, but they, because of their love and support me, they're going to challenge me and hold me accountable. It's life-giving. It really is. Yeah. I had a thought when y'all were talking, I think even just the initiation and being humble enough to say like, Hey, I need accountability. Like I am even like struggling in just like this minor area or like this big sin struggle. The, the humility there I think is growing within itself of stepping into that like accountability relationship. Mm. Um, and something that really, gosh, I had to be. Matt Chandler said this at Passion something, something, but he said it last year, Breakaway. Um, um, to be 99% known is to be not known at all. Um, and I think that one like really like mm. stuck home with me. Because when even when you walk into a, an accountability group or partnership or whatever it is, like you still have to be 100% known. You have to lay it all down for the effects to take place, I think. Yep. Um, or else you're still like hiding this 1% and you're like, man, if they if they just knew this, they wouldn't, they wouldn't love me anymore. And so I think laying that down and being humble enough to be like, I am in need of Jesus, um, is huge. And I think like at that point, the effects even just like start to, to ramp up and it's crazy. So, yeah, I, I was thinking about Genesis two T T saying the, the positive effects of, of this like, and, and getting to the point where Zach went of like, even, even saying like, Hey, this is something I need. Yeah. Um, and looking at the positive effects of it, like, like I love the story. And again, theologically, wherever you want to land on this of God creating Adam 
and God giving the command to Adam, like you're free to eat of any of this except for that. And then look at him and go, it's not good that he's alone. Mm. It's just not good that you're alone. And so um, I can bring in an accountability aspect of this, of God giving that command and then going, it's not good for you to be alone and then creating Eve. Um, And then the sin happened after that, which as much as we want to throw shade at girls for eating whatever that fruit was, uh, she wasn't there to hear the command. Um, and so it was, it's, it's our fault for not communicating well, but, um, for him to look at him, for God to go, it's not good for you to be alone. Now he's, he's the model of community in, in the beginning of having father, son, and Holy spirit. And we can talk about that all we want to the, and, Mm -hmm. and in that there's a level of accountability that we will never know. But then for him to go, it this is not great for you. Mm. Like I've created everything and it's it's very good, that part. Yeah. <laughs> not good. And so even from the beginning for us to go, like to do this alone, not to not to be absent from community, but to be absent from accountability. Like mm. it's easy to be in community. That that's it, yeah. it's easy to hide in community. And churches have made it even yep. more even so easier. Yeah. easy to hide in community. Um, and there's aspects of that that I won't apologize for. There's aspects like I want people to be able to show up and to yeah. be welcomed and to feel like like it's a comfortable space. But I don't. We don't ever want them to stay there, um, mainly because God has clearly outlined from the beginning, like, bro, it is not good for you to be yeah. by yourself. And and that's not a that it's not a. So often we take that as a negative. Mm. Um, but more so what he did after providing a suitable helper was all for the positive. Yeah. Um, and so his model of accountability from the garden was, I'm going to put somebody in your life that's going to make you better in every way, shape and form. And we, we talked about that with our girls and that, like what that, what that meant, um, and what suitable helper and completion and all those things were, but all of them are unbelievably positive. It was taking something that was good and making it better. That's yeah. the role of a woman. And it, we see in creation, but take this thing as good. And, and everything that she does, it becomes better. Yeah. And the guy and his relationship with her is also that way. And so when you connect that with Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 12, like two are better than one. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you have that kind of mindset uh, in your approach to your relationship with God, then you're winning mm-hmm. instead of focusing on the negative. Yeah, that's good. I love like I love what Zach was bringing up earlier of the, if you're only no 99%, you're not known at all. As I can, I think it was, I want to say it was right around maybe finals time we were doing study nights or something. They were making a puzzle over in Matt's house. Am I right on that? I think they were. They've been doing semester? a lot of puzzles. Yeah, they're doing a lot of puzzles. They were doing a puzzle, and we're getting older, man. <laughs> someone at some point, it might. I, th- I want to say it was like maybe I think it was Reed or Caleb. I don't know. One of them sold a puzzle piece, and so they like basically done, and they have this little piece left, and like all of a sudden it turns into like World War Three of who took <laughs> it and whatnot. But it was funny is that it was a thousand piece puzzle, which is a pretty big puzzle, I guess. I don't know, but That's they huge. had nine hundred and ninety nine of them done, but then just simply because this one piece was missing. They like wouldn't accept it and it wouldn't work and it just wasn't complete. Yeah. And so it was like thinking back into accountability is the amount of times and times I've talked to people that are like, you know, it just hasn't worked. And I I don't know why, what is it? And then you get to talking to them and you realize that like they weren't sharing things they should have been sharing is they weren't opening up. They weren't giving you all thousand pieces. They're keeping that one, even though the 999 were sitting there. And and that's not how it works for you for accountability to to work and for you to come see the complete picture of this puzzle. And, And in this case, for you to 
to have your whole life story thrown out and what's going on in front of them, if you hide one piece, it's not going to work. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be complete. And for you to truly, truly, truly live in accountability in a way that is meant to be designed, you have to give up everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what that means is being open about it, being open about your sin struggles, what's going on, like your, your even your smallest thoughts is like, hey, this is what's going on. Because when you try to hide something, that thing's going to fester and it's going to get a whole lot worse. Yeah, that's really good. I kind of going off of that, what's... And, and I hope that this turns into an encouragement for people, but what's like the, the big difficulty for, especially us as believers to, to give the, the thousand pieces to someone else, um, and be, be okay and be content in that, knowing that the Lord's somehow going to use that. Um, basically what I'm asking, like, what's the, why is it so difficult for us to be so fully known and to present like all the things happening in our life to someone in an accountability group? I think we're afraid for people to see the whole picture. Yeah times and so i think it pride probably where i'd go for that yeah but john's about to say something something no i mean let I, john take it yeah i think i think that that 100 true it's a combination of of pride in um one of the things that the enemy uh did in the knowledge of good and evil uh in in that that tree and eat of that tree um is reveal that to us like yeah. we recognize within us and evil and and adam and eve who who had a, a type of relationship with God that we will never, we will when we get to heaven, but on this earth, we don't get to experience. He's not going to come down and walk with them in yeah. the still of the morning. Um, we don't get that anymore. And for them to have that type of relationship and then to, to understand good and evil and to see their nakedness and to go and cover themselves and hide. Hmm. It, it's hard for us to not respond in any other way. Yeah. Like there's a shame that is wrapped up in our pride. It's wrapped up in our understanding um, of the evil that is within us and the natural desire, um, what sin has done has made it natural for us to hide in mm. that. And, and so th- I don't want to be like, Hey, that's your excuse to go and hide. Like yeah. we battle and we fight against those things. Um, because, uh, Proverbs twenty eight thirteen, the one who conceals their, their sins will not prosper. Mm. Um, and that, that's just a clear promise from God that that's one of the things that's going to, um, rise up in us. And so battling that shame, that's a combination of that pride, um, is difficult. Mm. But the, the second half, um, of that verse, whoever confesses and renounces those sins finds mercy. And if we would believe that, then you begin to function differently. And one of the sweet things, um, like, like I know the guys sitting at this table, but I don't completely know them, but I, but I know them in a way that I can be I can be different around Zach and T than I am around a majority of the other college students. One, because they know me in a different way. They've spent time with me. I can be different around my family than I can even be around you guys because they know me even at a different level. And in that they've seen me at really cool moments and they've seen me at the worst Mm. of moments. Um, And, and then, and me seeing my faults put fully on display in front of my family and for them to still care and to love for me the way that they do allows mm. me to live differently in front yeah. of them. And there's a peace and there's a joy and there's a comfort that comes from that, that takes time and yeah. commitment, um, but is of high value when I get past like the shame side of it. Yeah, that's good. And I think that ties back to even like the question we asked earlier of the difference between community and accountability, yeah. like community is going to make that possible. Um, and then you talked about like, the word you use was it commitment or something mm-hmm. consistent. I don't know. Probably start over, with C. Something that happens over a long period of time. Mm. Um, and I think 
this could just be a, a college station problem, but I don't think it is, um, of like accountability groups form and they last for like three weeks because it's like, all right guys, Bible study time and you're going to partner up. And then it's like three weeks and it's like, man, this is awesome. This is great. And then it falls flat on its face. Sure. Um, and so do y'all have any like sort of quick tips or is it just like, Hey, you just need to, you just need to keep going even when it's hard, even when like a week doesn't work out, you still got to meet up that week or the next week. Like what is, what are sort of the the steps someone needs to take for long, long-term accountability to take place? I was listening to just even thinking through John was saying, I think John did a really good do- job of, job. Talk, John, he did a great job. A <laughs> derb, derb. He did a, John did a fantastic job, job. There you go. of talking through like what, what the accountability looks like and for yourself. And I think this is one of the biggest reasons I've seen accountability flop in times is because you're choosing the wrong accountability partner. Um, and I think that's also, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times the reason that people don't fully open up and they, they give you the 999 pieces and keep that one is because of the, who they're doing accountability with. It's yeah. a, because they don't trust them. They don't know them. That person may be judgmental. I don't know what it is. But be selective in like who you're doing accountability with is find somebody, you know, who loves you completely and they're there for you, but they're also going to challenge you and hold you accountable. And I think a lot of times when I've seen things flop again, it's typically forced accountability um, when they flop after like two, three weeks or whatever it is. And it's typically because those people, it's like, it just doesn't work out for them. Um, It's not, not who they were meant to be in accountability with. And so I think finding the right person is a very, very big thing Mm -hmm. Um, for you. I don't know who that person is. I have my people that, um, I, they hold me accountable and I hold them accountable. And it's a, it's a beautiful relationship that we have. Um, and it's worked for years now. And I, and I'm so thankful for that. But a lot of times I think when people, this thing goes two, three weeks is a, because the, whether you're unequally yoked or whatever it is, or someone, one side's being judgmental and too prideful. I don't know what it is. I think a lot of times the partnerships don't work out because we're choosing the wrong people. Mm. But then I also think a lot of times they don't work out because we're not given the full picture. Um, is, yeah. is if, if, if Reed or Caleb would have walked away with that puzzle, that puzzle would have been gone in like two, three weeks. If people would have picked it up, they would have moved it. You would have walked in, that puzzle would have been gone. <laughs> and that's the, right. and it's true. They would, it would have disappeared. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think a lot of times it's, it's when you, when you try to hide this one piece and even, even I keep using this puzzle analogy is, is Caleb takes a, takes a puzzle piece. Well, all of a sudden I walk by and I'm like, Oh, they're, they're worried about this one. So I'm going to take this. And all of a sudden the puzzle's missing 10, 10, 15 pieces. And so I think the longer we hide something, the more things that are going to be hidden. Um, these things are going to slowly start to, okay, well I'm hiding this. And so if I'm hiding this, I might as well hide this as well. Hmm. And all of a sudden you're, you're, you're hiding this yeah. 10% of your life that is running your entire life. And so hmm. I think it's very, very dangerous to hide those things. And typically again, when I see accountability fail, um, I think it's a, because you're with the wrong person or people, whatever it is, or you're just not completely being open. Um, people who are hundred yeah. percent open and accountability. I think that works out a lot more often than somebody who's 99% open. Mm. Uh, go into the positive side of this too. I think uh, all of that is 100% true. I made this statement. Um, when we're talking about marriage, I was reading Tim Keller's book or a quote from Tim Keller's book. And just during my message said, Hey, one of, one of the things that will be uh, valuable to you guys as college students is to read marriage books before you get married. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Don't make this a last resort. And so often we think about, here's my big sin struggle. I need accountability. Yes. Like you need accountability, 
But also if we could take the approach that why wouldn't I get into this accountability before that happens? Mm. If, if it, because it's biblical and because it's kind of preventative and because Hebrews three, but encourage one another daily while it is still called today. There's nothing wrapped up in that verse that's talking about sin. It, it says yeah. encourage each other so that you are not hardened by sin's deception. Um, and so there's, it's preventative in all of that. And if we could learn to function in being known fully, which is really kind of wrapped up in, yes, like you have to find the right person, yeah. but, but, but in that you're actually functioning in what the Bible is commanded. You just like to, to learn to love people. Yeah. And if, and if I really learned to love people and then I would like, okay, how, how can I spur you on, provoke you to love, provoke you to good works, not neglecting to gather together. Yeah. Is that Hebrews 10? Um, like if, if I could learn to function in that way and love people, then accountability is going to grow in that. Mm. Because so oh. often we try to approach it like, well, I, I'm struggling with sexual addiction and I need help with that. You're struggling with it too. Let's get together. Sometimes that's dangerous. Sometimes that's healthy. Yeah. Um, but instead you should go, I, I love my brothers or I love my sisters so much that I'm going to fight for them now. I'm mm. going to build some barriers against sin now so that when the enemy attacks, because I believe as I faithfully follow Christ, the enemy is going to attack. Um, we are already set up and ready to defend instead of trying to, trying to dig ourselves out of a hole that we're already in. Um, mm. And that's based off of really like loving each other, a passion for God's word and connecting those two together um, in life um, early on with the right person. Yes. Um, but really a commitment to like honor the Lord with your lifestyle early on is a, is a big way to do that. Yeah. I, I love that. I'm going to say another thing is I, again, I think people get it wrong. I think accountability is meant to be proactive rather than reactive. Um, sometimes it's going to be reactive because you mess up, yep. but if you can do it ahead of time, it is a big win is I can, I can think back to, to one of my good buddies that I'm in a accountability with is he, he was really, really struggling in this area. And he was like, Hey, I need you to hold me accountable for this. And I was like, okay, like, let's do it. Um, cause I've walked through that. So I'm going to, I'm going to be there for you and challenge you and hold you accountable in this. And it was through holding accountability for something that he was struggling with. And yes, was that accountability reactive for what he was struggling with? Yes. But as we were being, as I was holding him accountable for these things and, and vice versa, um, there was something else that I saw like pop up in him. And so it was really, really cool because it was something like if he would have waited and waited and waited and had given into that sin and that struggle, it would have been a whole lot worse. Mm -hmm. But because we were in accountability ahead of time, being proactive and loving one another and encouraging one another is we got to see this thing like kind of slowly start to form into a temptation. But it was like because he was already in accountability, it was able to be squashed yeah. ahead of time before it turned into anything major. Mm -hmm. And so, again, I think find your, your group. A lot of people is, I say, everyone has some sin struggle. I don't know what it is there. Some are greater than others. It's find accountability for that. And a lot of times that's going to be reactive because you've already messed up. But in that, as you find accountability, I think it's going to be really, really cool to see what happens before, um, it, as like these temptations come ahead of time because you're living in that accountability, like John said. Yeah. I, oh, go for it. Bro. I, I heard this before and I was trying to find just like the, the best way to word it. Um, in accountability, we talk about like relationships being important. Um, but even like, I think we see this, like even best friends, like we would look at and go, I'm going to be accountable to like my best friend. One of the, one of the issues that, that I've seen happen oh. in that, Hey, Eric, okay, back on. one of the issues that I've seen happen with that is like, my best friend is a lot like me. Mm. And so the blind spots that um, may be evident in my life, because we're so alike, they're probably evident in, or they're, they're present in his life too. Yeah. Um, and so we may not even be able to see those. 
And so sometimes like what's going to be beneficial to us in accountability, if, if you would honestly say like, Hey, with my best friend who I can honestly say is my best friend, it did not work. Mm. The, I heard this said before that you overcome chemistry with intentionality in your, Mm. in, in your accountability relationships. Like if you would live intentional, um, which is like where we pull 127 from Philippians, but the rest of what Paul does in Philippians is like, I have to work. Like it's, this is a mindset. It's a struggle. It's a battle for us to overcome this. If you would be intentional in accountability first, Mm. I think your accountability is going to win. Like I'm going to commit, I'm going to be intentional with you. Um, yes, I would say that one of the things that has to rise to the top is your, um, relationship with them has to be one that you're committed to. Um, but that is intentionality. It's a lot of your, your best friend relationships are not based off of like your, (laughs) because your, your, your chemistry was great. Yeah. It's because you're intentional with Mm -hmm. how you're treating them. And so lean into that more. It's good. Yeah, we hope that this is, oh, that sounded weird. You hear that? Wow. Um, we hope that some of these things have helped because I think it's huge that someone should be able to walk into accountability and, and look forward to it and love it um, yeah. because that's how we're called to live. And so uh, we hope this podcast has helped um, sort of stir some thoughts for you um, if you're not in an accountability group or if you are. Um, you what? Um, I don't know what he did some praying hands. Um, we hope this has helped. Um, if you have any questions, you can come find honestly, either three of us or there's a ton of Bible study leaders and people who have accountability groups and, um, lead really well within our ministry. So, um, we're excited for this Sunday. More accountability (laughs) stuff is going to rise up. You might be. So so, if you're listening to this and it's a Thursday and we just dropped it and you're bored and not doing anything tonight, could you not pray day 7 PM? Grace Southwood. Collegiate day of prayer. Grouthwood. But it, it will be at night, so he can yeah, call us every once, I guess. Yeah. Collegiate time of prayer. See you at seven. Ooh. Grouthwood. See you at seven. Grouthwood. No word. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Right back here. See ya. Bye. Did not like that. Mm-mm.